Island Church in Galveston, Texas welcomes you to our podcast. We trust that you will be encouraged by today's message. Now this normally is our Sunday night prayer service, prayer class, or prayer school. So before we turn the service to our guest, why don't we pray? There's lots to pray about, church. I mean, if we're truly the church, then there's a lot to pray about. Actually, today, I was I took a nap. Leah came and woke me up. I kind of overslept, and so we were getting ready. I just flipped on the news because I know there's a, a, a like a cool front or something supposed to come tomorrow, and we've got a little bit of traveling to do. So uh, it was the end of the uh, the beginning of the national news. And, you know, this this it showed a poor family, four people, that were trying to escape all that turmoil, and they just shot them down like dogs. Now, you know, you say that, but we're so desensitized by so much that we've seen and heard. But I cannot imagine in my deepest imagination what that would be like. To watch your wife, your children, yourself wounded, and for your life to just bleed out on the ground with no hope. I trust they were saved. I trust they knew the Lord. But listen, if we pray, God can do something. If we intercede, many times in intercession, I've said many times about... This dark thing I keep seeing, I keep seeing, well, I think it's pretty obvious what it is. Pretty obvious what it is. The Lord spoke to us prophetically as a church and said the darkness would come. And it's come. But you know, we're the light. We're the light of the world. You know, you can take darkness the size of the Astrodome. That kind of dates me, I guess. What's the new stadium? The the NR. That big. You could take darkness that big. They could do everything they could do to keep any bit of light from coming in there and you can walk in there with a single match and light it and that single match will dispel all that darkness just like that so let's pray and let's ask God as we pray to give us enough compassion not to sit in front of a television and watch a news story in which people are suffering and it not move us and it not touch us because if it doesn't touch us who in the world is it going to touch Who is it going to touch if it doesn't touch us? Father, we come to you tonight. Lord, you know what's happening upon this earth. We recognize and realize your hand is moving sovereignly in areas that we may not even understand. But you've given an assignment to the church to be light, to be salt, to be life in the midst of all this darkness. And Father, tonight we pray. We pray for our brothers and sisters and we pray for those who do not know you. In Ukraine, in Russia, in Poland, in Romania, in all the Baltic states. Father, we ask for mercy. 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 Mercy for the families. Mercy for the children. Mercy, mercy for the churches, Lord. Mercy for the men and women of God, Lord. Send deliverance. Send deliverance. Send deliverance, Father. We ask in Jesus' name. We ask in Jesus' name. Come on, pray, church. Pray in the Holy Ghost. 
sorra baha sefriki nana hasa ishleme ni masorra ba o bandele kistele dodando sorra mahasit eramasi kele dodoso tondre bro kere desetele eramese kere tesita la mana mana sorra ba ya brata sutele eraba kasika le nena na masitar ba terra bahat emana sutele boto and we do we use our authority the corporate authority of the church purchased by the blood of Jesus the authority of the apostolic ministry the authority of the pastoral ministry and the teaching ministry the power of the holy ghost the power of the word of god you said that our faith would not be in the wisdom of men but in the power of almighty god we exercise that power we release that power devil in the name of jesus every demon power of war and hell we speak to you in the authority that is in the name of jesus and we declare you must cease and desist in your motivation of the evil hearts of wicked men Jesus name Jesus name that men and women would turn to God and father we we bind this nuclear threat men even now we know the devil speaking to their mind we know how the adversary he'd love to just burn this whole thing out but we say no lives are too precious people are too valuable Lord we remind you of what you did to redeem us look at the price you paid Jesus 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 so pata sobratia pata stolana i shelemeni makastobata i shebete sustabata sandelemeni makala sote oramande surabaya brada sobrates sitelebetes So father we ask we pray and we believe we receive that which we've been contending for here in a way for 20 years but especially in the last two we pray for revival we ask you lord for the grace of this time to be upon our lives stir the hearts of God's people revive your church lord stretch forth your hand to heal let signs and wonders signs and wonders be done in the name of your holy child jesus popratisakitimotos thank you jesus thank you jesus for refreshing awakening revival and harvest pour it out lord pour it out lord vindicate your word lord we've tasted it we've seen it in a measure now let's lift our hands in worship let's lift our hands in worship Come on, let's lift our hands in worship. Let's lift our hands in worship. We worship you, Father. 
Hane nema nisa pateke le mo. He pere nene le me nisa batesu. Paramana si kire mo nasur rabaya pratesu. Eragira manana nasite le me ni me Thank you, Jesus. Now let just for a moment. Let your let your spirit man on the let it settle just for a moment. The word says, be still and know that I'm Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, if you have a message in tongues, would you lift your hand so I could see your hand lifted up high? Praise God. Brother Allen, give that out boldly, if you will. For it is easy to stand thousands of miles from turmoil, pain, and hurt, and to think in your own mind, that will never come this way. For we are safe and protected. But you must understand the plans of your adversary is to engage this entire planet in pain, turmoil, and death. So you must become very vigilant. Stay sober. Stand upon my word. Constantly speak peace to your island, to this area to the nation, the Philippine Islands, Taiwan and Japan, areas of Asia and Africa, that even now the enemy is stirring and beating the drums of war. But your words and your prayer and your intercession will stop the hand of the adversary and release the provision of God. Some would say, well, why wasn't prayer made? Why didn't God move? How did these things conspire and happen? Well, you must understand there's a system and an enemy of man that works in cooperation with the heart of iniquity. Therefore, you must understand in this day and hour, you must exercise your authority. Be bold. Be bold. Be bold with the Word. Speak the Word of God. Stand in your authority. Rejoice in your liberty. You'll be the salvation of many a heart and many a soul. Not, in, not just in this location, but around the world. For there will be two fires burning in the days ahead. One fire to the destruction of man, mankind, property, and peoples. Another will be the fire of my glory, which will sweep whole areas into the kingdom of God, cause protection, blessing, security, and goodness to abound. So do your part in these early stages. Give me that yes, and I'll sweep you away into the goodness and glory of my presence. And you'll forever be grateful that you obeyed my voice in these last days.
Paul writes in Ephesians. For this reason, because I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. And I always pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation that gives you a deep and personal and intimate insight into the true knowledge of Him, for we know the Father through the Son. And I pray that the eyes of your heart, the very center and core of your being, be enlightened, flooded with light by the Holy Spirit, so that you will know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee, the confident expectation to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints, God's people, so that you will begin to know what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness. i got to say that again. So that you will begin to know the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of His active spiritual power in us who believe. Amen. He said, I'm praying for you that your eyes would be opened, that you would see and know. A seeing and a knowing in the church today. It's what makes a difference in cities and towns and areas that you travel into. And you say, well, why is this place different than this place? What is the difference as I go into this city or this church or that area? Well, some people said yes. Others have not yet. Some people said yes for the pastor to come in and pray. Some people said yes to attend meetings where as they hear things and they begin to see things and they come into a presence that the eyes of their understanding get enlightened and they see and know what others don't see and know and so therefore there are atmospheres that are created and in atmospheres come demonstrations atmospheres are determined by the heart and the hunger of people but the demonstrations are determined by the father and the atmospheres are an invitation and God always comes where he's invited and that's what makes a difference between one place and one church and another. It is the culture and the heart of the atmosphere that is not determined by the pulpit, but by the people of the house. Amen. Amen. Well, you can go ahead and be seated. It's so good. Where did Cy go and Marvin? Did you notice when you were singing, did you see Sister Shadi hopping? Did you notice that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know when the spirit, when, when Sister Shadi feels the spirit of God, she, she just, and I noticed Leah has a Holy Ghost hop too. He, 
You guys got up here and I went, oh, I recognize that. That's a little holy. They get to worshiping and they get that hop and it's like, yeah, yeah, there she goes. There she goes. I know anything's, you never know what's going to happen when the Holy Ghost hop comes on there. And yeah, yeah. You know, Pastor Rusty shared something in the beginning. He said, you know, this is the first time he's ever done that, taking an offering in the beginning. And uh, that's good. It's good to do first things for, uh, for the first time. You know, when's the last time you did something for the first time? It's always good to do new things. And, uh, but as he was sharing about money, I just wanted to come back to this. You know, money doesn't determine the direction of ministry. God does. But it certainly determines the speed of the direction that God sets it in. That's true. Yeah. No, we get direction from the Holy Ghost. We get vision from the Holy Ghost. You can't let money determine your direction. And that's why if your heart's not right, there may be a lot of money God may want to bring you, but you'll just run off on some opportunity. Ministry is not based on opportunity. Ministry is based on obedience. But when you have the direction set, then the money can come in because it'll just speed up the direction that God has established and, and you know where he wants you to go. Uh, I want to share some things tonight and then we'll just, just pray and I don't want to go too long. Hebrews 11.3 in the Amplified. This is something that has just been resonated in me for the last couple years and Hebrews 11.3 in the Amplified says, by faith. Now, we all know if you've been around here, you've heard a lot of teaching on faith. and By faith. And then it goes into a definition. That is, and I, and I love this in the uh, Amplified. That is, with an inherent trust and enduring confidence. If there's anything your pastor wants to build into your life, is that you have an inner trust and enduring confidence. Because we live in very dangerous times, and I appreciate what your pastor did tonight in taking time to pray, because we can become complacent when we watch war, and, and, and we're in a time now where because of cell phones and what people can do, taking pictures of their cell phones, you can capture images anywhere in the world and you can send it and upload it, download it, whatever load it, and you can send it anywhere and you can capture what's going on live. And you can capture some people have gotten in trouble, got busted, got caught because they were somewhere doing what they shouldn't have been doing. But you can also capture the rawness of evil and destruction and injustice and, and what's going on in the world. And when it comes to war and the destruction, and we can watch cities being... Uh, we, we, we had the news on for a little bit, and as we looked at some of the destruction in one of these cities, it looked like a movie of World War II where some of these cities had just been carpet bombed and they're already being destroyed and you see 1.5 million refugees going out and you see these people being shot or or this man brings his wife and daughters uh, to the border and he, and they go to the other side but he's going back to very likely die and he tells you know don't cry but you go here you be safe and and you're watching this live on TV you're watching these things being captured you're watching the destruction and the death and we have to be careful that we don't allow a complacency to so fill our lives that because we can 
change the channel or turn it off, it doesn't affect me. And it breeds an insensitivity in our spirit and awareness of the age and the days in which we live because we think, well, we're in America, we're in Texas, and those kind of things don't just happen here because we're Americans. No, no, let me tell you, that's the worst kind of thinking you can have. Well, we're on the other side of the world, and I can change the channel, I can turn it off, I can go to my other channel and watch King of the Hill and laugh. Or you can go here and watch something else and laugh. And, and what happens is that pain, that destruction, and what's connected with this, if we really, and I'm not here to get into all the politics and everything or to kind of sow any kind of uh, fear or worry, but if you understand the natural things that were involved in these nations, if you understood the richness of what comes out of Ukraine, and they are in the top five of so many natural resources in the world, and even fertilizer that is used for the corn in America, and all these things that are interconnected, and where we need to pray, we need to stand, and we need to build our faith, and not just think, well, that's there. No, we have to be a people of faith, and when the Spirit of God begins to move you and say, listen, you need to be in that prayer meeting because you do not judge spiritual responsibility by the size of the meeting. Because if one or two agree in prayer concerning, any, if two or more agree in prayer concerning anything that they ask, it shall be done for them by my Father which is in heaven. And there are things that need to be accomplished in the earth today. And there must be a group of people who come together with an understanding that our prayer brings results. We can not only bring results on the other side of the world, what we bring an awareness and we bring a stability and a strength and a peace into our place. So we are the people God wants us to be in our town, in our city, on this island, and for this state. Because what has been lost in America over the years is nobody's ever thinking we're trying to win our nation for Jesus. Yet any missionary that goes to another nation knows we are here to bring Jesus into this nation. We're here to see this nation saved. You know, our pastors in Vietnam, they're, they're in a communist nation. We have churches in, in, in communist, Buddhist, Hindu, and Muslim nations. And they're there to bring change to the nation. They're kind of like revolutionaries, but they're there to preach and bring the gospel to affect the nation. Where in America, predominantly, we think, well, we just want to build a good church. And we don't think, wait a minute, we are praying to make sure that our county has the influence of God upon it because of who we are in this county. Who we are brings an influence into our county. Who we are brings an influence into our state. Who we are helps to make a difference in our nation. Now, we preach this and we teach this to our pastors in the islands that wherever they are, they are an influence on that island. And that island is better and stronger and will prosper because of the influence of the church in that place. Not because we just want to build a successful church and a good church and a prosperous church and a self-supporting church, but we are salt and light and we make a difference where we are. But we have to say yes to some things. By faith, that is the inherent trust and enduring confidence in the power 
wisdom and goodness of God. We need an inherent trust and an enduring confidence that doesn't give up, doesn't quit, no matter when things look bad, no matter when things look crazy. But we have an inherent trust, an inner trust, and an enduring confidence in the power and the wisdom and the goodness of God. And because we have that, when he comes to us and speaks to us by his word or by his spirit, because I trust him, because I have confidence in him, and I trust his wisdom, and I trust his power, and I trust his goodness. I have confidence in his wisdom. I have confidence in his power, and I have confidence in his goodness. So when the word speaks to me or a word speaks to me, I can respond with, yes, Lord, I'll do that because I trust him. What do I trust? Well, I trust his goodness. What do I trust? Well, I trust his wisdom concerning the direction of my life and the purpose of my life. I trust his power that when I say yes, I'm not going to be left hanging out to dry because he's there with me. He's going to lead me. He's going to protect me. He's going to provide for me. He's got me covered. So by faith, that is the inherent trust and enduring confidence in the power, wisdom, and goodness of God. We understand that the world's Universe, ages, were framed and created, formed, put in order, and equipped for their intended purpose. Now, this is not a creation verse like Genesis where God said, and and the sun, the stars, and the moon. There is eons, which is certain periods of time. And this is the word worlds. It's not the physical. It's certain periods of time. We understand that certain periods of time were framed, created, formed, and put in order and equipped for their intended purpose. In other words, there's an intended purpose for this period of time. There's something that God wants to create, bring in order, and form for this particular period of time, and so he brings a word to a person. By the word of God, so what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. Now, in Hebrews, that's Hebrews chapter 11. When we look at Hebrews chapter 11, It begins going down by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. And then it it begins to talk about Enoch. And then it begins to talk about Noah. I find Noah to be one of the most unique individuals in the Bible. Because God comes to him and says, hey, I'm going to destroy the world. I want you to build an ark. It's going to rain. Number one, it's never rained. Number two, Noah is not a boat builder. Why would he be a boat builder? He's not around water. And he works on the boat, the ark, for 120 years. And then the animals show up. How much would that freak you out when you begin to see animals you've never seen in your life before? 
I mean elephants and giraffes and tigers and bears and oh my and everything else that's coming in there. And they're all coming into the ark. And then God, not to mention the whole issue about and Noah as a preacher of righteousness. And then when it's finished and the ark closes and the rain comes and everybody on earth except those who are in the ark perish. What I find fascinating about Noah is he never says a thing. He never says, say what? (laughs) No, I want you to build me an ark. No, we don't hear him say yes, but we see his yes demonstrated in his obedience and his willingness and his faithfulness of working 120 years to build the ark. In fact, the only time Noah ever speaks is after the ark comes to rest, and he's in his tent, and he drank a little bit too much wine, and he passed out naked. Now, I don't know about you, but if I worked 120 years, (laughs) built an ark, everybody on planet Earth is dead that I know of, except my family. I'm in the privacy of my tent. I just might drink a little too much wine. It's very possible that I might drink a little bit too much wine, but he's in his tent. He's not running down the road. He's in his tent, and he's alone. And his one son comes in, and he feels it's his responsibility and go out and tell everybody in the world what his dad did. And he did. He told everybody in the world, everybody in the family. But his two brothers came in, and they walked in backwards, and they covered him up. I need friends like that who to walk in backwards won't look at how bad I look and cover me up and don't say anything. I need friends like that. I have friends like that right here. Noah comes out of his tent, and then he speaks. And he speaks against the son who talked of his shame. But until then, for 120-plus years, we have no recorded word of Noah. Yet when God shows up and talks to Moses in, in, in the wilderness, and he sees this bush, and he says, I'm going to go over here and see what's going on with this bush. And God tells him to take off his, his, his shoes. He's standing on holy ground, and he has, a, he has a conversation with God. And when God tells him what to do, he starts arguing. Finally, he says, well, God, I can't speak. And God says, well, who made your mouth? How many of you ever argued with God? How many of you are still doing it? <laughs> I love honesty. But he obeyed God. What about when God shows up with Moses, to, to Abraham and says, hey, I want to make a covenant with, between me and you. I'm, I'm going to make you great. You are going to be blessed, and you are going to be a blessing. I'm going to make a great nation out of you. Now, I want you to go to a place where you've never been before. And Abraham went. Then did he make some mistakes along the way? Yeah, everybody did. But what Hebrews chapter 11 shows us, whether it's Noah or it's Abraham or it's Moses or whoever it is and all these different names that when God shows up and he says, in this period of time, I want to equip 
for the intended use of what I need done in this generation. So he speaks to men and women in that particular time. And because they said yes, the intention of God was formed, fashioned, created, and brought together. And the will of God was demonstrated from one generation to the next generation. And from generation to generation to generation, God has always come and spoken to men and women and their response for God to form, create, and put together for intended purpose needed to be, yes, I'll do that. And it hasn't changed since then. It hasn't changed. He's still coming to men and women. You know, Leah, the, that, that verse you wrote, you were reading this morning. In Galatians 5.22, I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Classic. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which his presence within accomplishes, is love and joy and gladness and peace and patience and even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, humility, Self-control, self-restraint, continence, against such there is no law that can bring a charge. And those who belong to Christ Jesus the Messiah have crucified the flesh, the godless human nature with its passions and appetites and desires. And if we live by the Holy Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. And if by the Holy Spirit we have our life in God, let us go forward walking in line our conduct controlled by the Spirit. In other words, yielded to Him. And Shadi and I were talking today. She reminded me of something that I say a lot. Now, there's an old, old song that says, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I don't know how old that thing is. It's old. But the truth is, I have decided to receive Him. But I make a decision every single day and many times during the day to follow him. I didn't make one decision to follow him. I made one decision to receive him. But I have to wake up every single day and make a decision to follow him. I have to make, wake up every single day and where the word influences my life and the spirit influences my life, I have to say yes to the leading of the spirit and no to the dictates of the flesh. Because to be honest with you, you don't make decisions by your spirit. You are influenced by the Spirit of God, but man is spirit, soul, and body. And your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And you have the spirit man rising from the outside, speaking to you, wanting to lead, direct, and empower you. And then you have this natural, earthly, temporary flesh on the outside trying to speak to you. And there you have your soul. You have your mind. You have your will that has to make a decision because if your spirit made every decision that you made, you'd never sin. But what happens is you have this influence. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be carnally minded is death and destruction. Well, that's a choice. And so the word comes and teaches us you need to walk in love. You need to walk in bitter and not walk in bitterness. You need to be kind. You need to be generous. You need to be compassionate. And so when we read the word, we have to say yes to the word. And what that does is it develops us spiritually. So as we grow spiritually, then when the spirit of God speaks to us, because if you won't obey what you can see, 
you will struggle with what you need to hear. So I just need to learn how to be led by the Spirit. Follow what you can see. Say yes to what you read. Forgive. Be kind. Be a giver. Be generous. Do the things that the Word shows you, and then what will happen is when you hear something on the inside, because the Spirit of God and the Word of God never contradict. They always agree. And so as I develop my yes to the Word, my sensitivity to saying yes to a word is so much quicker and so much easier because I recognize the agreement between the Word and the Spirit. By the word that he gives you and by his spirit, how he speaks to you, what happens when you say yes? Pastor Rusty mentioned earlier, or I think it was in the back room where we were praying, as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. 1 Corinthians 14, 2, as we are praying in tongues. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. A mystery is something that's unknown and not yet revealed. There are no mysteries with God, just mysteries to you and I. And what happens as we begin to pray out in the Spirit, we begin to declare things beyond the rational understanding of our minds. We begin to pray out unknown things to our mind, but known by the Spirit of God. And actually, as we pray things out that are unknown to our mind, we, we are, can be praying out things in our future days where we need to walk out, and it's much easier to walk in areas you've already prayed out. But since no man knows the future, but the Spirit does, when you pray in the Spirit, you can actually reach ahead and touch your future. So when the Spirit of God begins to speak to you concerning that future, there's an unction and a knowing on the inside and a peace, and you find this yes coming so much easier because as you've prayed in the Spirit, you've been praying over these areas, these unknown areas, that, and a direction that He wants you to take. So when He speaks that unction and that knowing and that peace, you're going, I recognize. It bears witness with my Spirit. Romans 8, 26, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts and minds knows the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. As much as you've heard this man preach... This is why you have to be here on a Sunday night when you come to a prayer meeting because let me tell you, you talk about inside information concerning your life and concerning your future, concerning the will of God, where the Spirit of God can pray through you to secure unknown things in your future, where you can pray and prepare for things that your mind doesn't know about, but you can begin to set things in order. And then as you prepare to step into things, when he makes things known to you and revealed to you, yes, comes so much easier. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in and rely confidently on the Lord 
with all your heart. Do you trust him? With all your heart. And do not rely on your insight or understanding. In all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize. Know, acknowledge, and recognize. That's a seeing and a knowing. And he will make your path straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. In other words, you come to a place because of your faith in his, you have a, an inherent trust and remember, and an enduring confidence in what? The power, the wisdom, and the goodness of God. And what does he want to do? Every single one of you, that when the Spirit of God comes to you with a word. Now, it's not going to be as nation-changing or history-making as God speaking to Noah. I doubt he's going to have you build an ark. Who knows? Uh I can guarantee he's not going to come to you and create another covenant like he did with Abraham. Okay? But all the men and all the women that he came to and they said, yes. They gave a liberty and a freedom for God to do what he wanted to do in them, with them, and through them in that period of time. You know, there's, there's a verse in the Bible that says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ who lives in me. The life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. Many years ago, somebody gave me a, a distilled translation of the Bible. You know, you've heard of distilled water. Yeah, it's, it's out of print. And I, I love that translation, the distilled translation. Probably never heard of that one. And it says, I recognize the fact that I have died but now enjoy a second existence, which is simply Jesus using my body. You know, the beauty of who Jesus was when he walked the earth, he was an unhindered vessel that always yielded to the leading of the Spirit of God. And he says, I always do the things I see the Father do. I only do the things I hear the Father say. Without him, I can't do anything. Oh, that we would come to the place where we could say, you know what? I always do the things I hear the Father do. Whatever he shows me, because I have an inherent trust and an enduring confidence in his wisdom, in his power, and his goodness. At this particular time in my life, I want him to equip me for the intended use and purpose of why I'm here and whatever he wants to do in me, with me, and through me. In this period of time. And you know what it takes? It takes yes. It just takes a yes. My faith, my peace, my joy, my wisdom, my courage, my kindness, my compassion, my faithfulness, my willingness, obedience, generosity, and I could make the list longer, but I chose not to, equips me for an intended purpose in this generation that I live in. Because I said yes to his word that came to me in the last 41 years. And we are still in the process. At our age now, we're not dead and we're not done. And so there are still things to do. And so there will be words and directions that come to us. And just because you've said 500 yeses in the last 41 years, there's more yeses to come because you still need to 
yield to and follow. You know, Jesus says, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Well, what happens when you deny yourself? Well, you have to say no to self and yes to him. And when you do, glorious things happen personally and purposefully in you, in your home, in your family, in your marriages, in your business. But then what he wants to do with you that is so much bigger than you and has lasting fruit that counts for eternity because we said, yes, I'll do it. I'll do it. You got something? You sure? No. That's all I got. I think it's enough. Stand up with me. Some of the biggest mistakes I've made over the years is where I limited what I thought God wanted to do because I couldn't understand or really believe that he would want me to do that or that he wanted to use me to do that. I thought, I don't qualify for that. Well, I think God, there's a verse in the Bible that says, he chooses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. That, I love that verse. Yeah. And you know, one of the things that kept the children of Israel out of the promised land was not how they saw the giants. It's how they saw themselves. They would talk about the giants, but then they said, but we were like grasshoppers in their sight. Well, if you see yourself as a grasshopper, you're going to limit God based on how you see you. Well, you have your eyes on the wrong direction. You need to get your eyes on Jesus because it's not about your qualities. See, that's why you need Romans 12. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, and that you be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, you, you change the way you think so your thinking comes in line with the Word of God and the Spirit of God. And when your thinking comes in line with the Word of God and the Spirit of God, it will affect the decisions that you make concerning the Word of God and the Spirit of God. And you won't, you won't limit what God wants to do because you look at the limitations of who you are or your past or your weaknesses or your failures. God knows how stupid you've been. He knows how weak you are. And when he comes to you and he talks to you and he wants to lead you in a direction, he's well aware of everything going on. There are no surprises to him. You don't need to explain to him all that. He knows. Father, I thank you for the men and women in this church. I thank you that you're moving in a wonderful, wonderful way. This, there's such a tenderness in this house. There's such a kindness and a compassion in this house. There's a generosity that comes from this house and it, because it flows from the head. 
the tenderness and the kindness and the generosity and the giving and the praying of, of your pastors. And their spirit has influenced this house and you've grown up underneath that. But do not just take it for granted without stepping into it and breathing it in and soaking it in and not allowing it to just become a message that you've heard but a lifestyle that you choose to step into and share and enjoy. Because we have too many messages in our hearts, in our heads, and yet we need more impartation in our hearts. Because your head must live under the shadow of the strength of your heart. Your heart was never designed to live under the shadow and the influence of your head. Oh, yeah, I've heard that. Yep, but you don't know it. You're not walking in it. Lord, I pray for this house. Every man and woman that calls this church home and those coming in here, that when they come into this house, they step into an environment. They step into an atmosphere that affects the way they think, that touches their heart, that disarms them from critical thinking or complacency. There's no place in this house for critical attitudes. There's no place in this house for, for apathy. But a hunger and a desire to walk with you and serve you. Not just doing something that the pastors asked us to do. But whatever I do in word or deed, I, I do it as unto the Lord. Jesus, I serve you. And I love you, and I love your church, and I love the influence of your house. I love the life that it's brought to my family and to my home, what it means to my community, what it means to this island. And I want to pour my heart into where you poured your life out for your church in my generation. So bring your words to men and women that they would see it and hear it and receive it. And you would begin to form and create and fashion and equip for the intended purpose of what is to be done in this generation with couples, with men and women and those of the younger generation as you empower them with your will your passion, your purpose. And Jesus, you would be glorified because people responded and said, yes, Lord, I'll do that because I trust you. I have confidence in your power and your wisdom and your goodness. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. that good yes. praise God could we call on you for one more thing I want to in uh, our young people when I began to uh, go into ministry I looked for every person I could find that I thought had any kind of anointing on them to pray for me 
because there's an impartation that, that happens. And I want all of the young people that feel they have a missions call on them because one of the best things you can do is have other missionaries pray for you and to impart to you. So if you sense in your own spirit, you know, they were what, you guys were in your 20s, you know, so if you uh, sense in your spirit that there's a missions call on you, would you get out of your seat and come up here real quick? Come up here real quick. We won't let Paul and pastors Paul and Shoddy pray over you and pray for you. Praise God. Could you come and do that real quick? Church, lift your hands and worship God for a moment as they do this. Just worship God and thank Him. And praise God. We trust God in them. Trust the Spirit of God in them. Hallelujah. Father, we worship you now. Lord, we glorify your name. Lord, we exalt you in this place. Lord, stir the hearts of men and women this evening. Stir the hearts of these young people. Place that in them. Let that gift come alive. That calling, that location, the people they need to do it with. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Father. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. Now, I want everybody in the congregation to pray. Because if you're not going, you're going to send them. Did you get that? If you're not the one going, then you're the one sending. Amen. And every day when we speak over our finances, we thank God for money to build our building and money for missions. And we want to touch the world with Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for men and women in this church that the hand of wealth is upon them. You said in your word, Lord, that you give us the ability to obtain wealth so that your covenant might be established in the earth. So, Father, I thank you. We've already seen this year a doubling of our income. So we declare a flow of wealth unprecedented in the history of our church launching and sending people around the world. Lord, for those we already have that go to Nicaragua, that go to Ireland, those that we support in Tanzania, Botswana, Philippine Islands, Guatemala, Australia, all the places in the world, Father. We lift up our missionary friends. Oh, Father, these nations that have been closed, that this shutting of doors, it seems. Lord, you didn't shut those doors. You didn't shut those doors. You didn't shut those doors. Satan is trying to shut those doors, but he cannot shut the doors that God has opened. So we demand in Jesus' name of this world system, you open these nations back up, especially these ones that are so shut down that not even the people can move about. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. And for protection. 
the missionaries that are in Ukraine, Russia, Poland, Africa, Northern Africa. Lord, the missionaries in Syria and Iraq. Lord, the, the missionaries, we know our missionaries that are in Lebanon, Lord. We lift them up, Father. Your hand of protection. Your hand of protection, Lord. Be upon them in Jesus' name. Come on, just pray for a moment, church. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Flip, are we, are we live streaming this? Okay, good. That's okay. That's okay. I, I, I just feel an unction in my spirit. There are two things, since this is traditionally our, our prayer. Let's pray over these two things. One of them, there are several families that are coming kind of on a temporal basis right now that need to go ahead and hook up with the church. Now, some of them, uh, you know, we know, the, we know that uh, Keith and Sarah, you know, they're, they're, they're in ministry, so they come and go. But there's others in the area, and actually some of them that used to come to the church that are coming back to the church now, that need to come and hook up in the church. Then there is an enormous amount of people that watch us on live stream that need to come to church. They need to go ahead and be delivered from the fear of COVID and the fear of catching some disease. That's what it is. Oh, that's what it is. We might as well be honest. And we just need to believe God that the, the convenience of just sitting on a couch, that the inconvenience of coming to church, that church would be greater than the inconvenience, that they need to break that and that fear. So let's pray over those two. Father, right now, families that need to be in church. They've been so wounded. They've been so hurt. They've been in church after church. They need to just come on back home, settle in, and be restored in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for forgiveness, compassion, and mercy over their lives. Devil, we break your power. We break the power of offense. We break the power of disappointment. We break the power of unrealized dreams. And we say in the name of Jesus, let these people go. They belong to the kingdom and not to you. And Father, we speak into this lens, into this camera. We don't criticize anybody watching live stream. We love you. But you need to come to the house of God. We break the power of fear. The fear of COVID. The fear of the flu. The fear, fear of anything infectious. We bind it in the name of Jesus. And we say this medical tyranny ends in Jesus' name for Island Church. We know there's hundreds out there. We know you're out there. We count you. You count. And we love you. And we care so deeply about you. But there's a level of experiencing God you can only get here in the congregation. We loose you to come to church. 
we loose you in Jesus' name and we bind what hinders you so that you might be in the house of God. So that you might be in the house of God. Now let's lift our hands and thank God. Let's lift our hands and thank Him. Oh yeah, we'll do that too, Lord. Yes, Lord. For the families, for the sons and daughters of men and women in this congregation who need their families beside them in church. Their daughters, their sons, their grandchildren. In the name of Jesus, we bind that which the adversary has tried to use to divide families. And we declare in the name of Jesus, the young people, the sons, the daughters, the grandchildren, that they'll awaken to righteousness and follow their parents and grandparents into the house of God. We break whatever the hindrance may be, whatever the devil may be trying to do to stop those young people. I speak to drugs and alcohol to illicit affairs with men and women. I speak to every situation of unrighteousness and I declare your power is broken and we speak to the righteousness in them and we say, wake up. Come to yourself. Recognize there's bread, there's bread, there's bread in the Father's house. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Now let's just pray just a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now lift your hands one more time. Let's worship God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, how do you want me to do that? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I'm very careful to speak the word to friends, people that are close to me, because you're familiar with them. And that makes it very difficult. But thank God we were around good teaching when we were young. I'm talking about when I was a young child, and then we got that teaching again through Mom Goodwin uh, after Lee and I were in ministry. So you know when the Spirit of God will begin to move in a certain gifting and you'll understand this is separate from what you may know because it's the knowledge of God. It's the knowledge of God is what it is. You've had a question in your spirit about how things have seemed to have come to a 
screeching halt as far as your own personal activity and ministry. It's like a why. why? The Lord wants you to know that you sowed your time into the, and he's giving you time right now to, to finish some life dramas that you're going to need all of your capacity to finish out. You know what it is. I don't have to tell you what it is. You know what it is. But after that happens, that last phase of ministry is going to kick in real fast. It's going to happen real fast. And the Lord is going to restore everything the enemy has tried to steal, even in your family. It's going to be restored in your, in your, in your path. As you go down that path, God's going to just bring it. There's, a, there's, a spots in, there's spots in time in which these restorations will take place as you keep moving forward in that. Forward in that. And this last phase, you had a phase of preparation. You had a phase of exploration. In the, in, in the Philippines. Then you had a, a great phase of demonstration in building the church and all the New Life churches that are there now. Amen. But then this last one is going to be an equipping of a next generation that per the rapture tarries will take this all to another level. And it includes your family, not just you. So don't be surprised where it takes you or how it takes you there because it's going to be marvelous. I like that. I like that. Because, no, no, no. I like what I'm fixing to say because I hear it before you do. <laughs> I haven't even said it yet, but I really like it. You know what the Lord just said? He said, for your ticket's already paid, and it's first class. I like that. I like that. Stretch your hands toward this precious couple. These are missionaries we support and we love. Father... The changes and transitions of life. They take wisdom, experience, support. Amen. Takes courage. Takes faith. Lord, we lift up Paul and Shoddy Chase. Your servants, not in the Philippine Islands, on this planet. For many nations have been touched. Many people have been blessed. But Father, in this small season in which they're in right now, I thank you for the restoration of all things. We come into agreement with them that as they transition and change takes place, the seed they planted in the nations will go from addition to multiplication. And truly, the Ephesians 3 reality of exceedingly abundantly above all they could ever ask or think will be exceeded by what is coming, not what has happened. We pray that, declare it in Jesus' name. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Lord. We worship you. We surround them with faith and love. We declare the protection of God, the health of God from the crown of their heads to the soles of their feet. Lord, we thank you that in all that lies before them, there's a grace to enter into for all of us for these last days. Father, we ask you, one of the great attributes of your spirit that abides and empowers is helper, 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 help us, help us. Spirit of God, help us.
We need your help. Jesus, you're the head of the church. We need your help. Heavenly Father, so loving, kind, and compassionate. We need your help. We ask for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says, Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.